Hi, the Able Body, Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I did not go to First Friday. How was that? Uh, it was a really good First Friday. Honestly, probably the best one I've ever been to, or at least the most heavily attended one I've ever been to. Oh, well, that's good. It uh, it was a ton of people. Obviously, the 10-year anniversary, I think, uh, got people out there. Um, the nice weather got people out yeah, there. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Um, it, it was, was nice. It was. It was a ton of fun. It was a uh, The fireworks were awesome. They were really short, though, and I thought that was a good thing. Rather than, like, 30 minutes of, like, firework, firework. Fireworks! It was like boom, 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 boom. Now get out of downtown, right? And at first you're like, "Well, damn, dude, the gunshots are going crazy tonight." But no, dude, it was uh, it was awesome. It really was. They put them off from the from the parking garage of Bliss Towers, so it was like a ton of cool photos and stuff, and a ton of cool like visual, you know, kind of aspects to it. So it was a, it was a, it was a great, great little weekend there for Canton, Ohio. I meant to go. And then I was, but I was out with some friends and one thing turned into another and it just turned out to be a little later. And then before I, I like looked at my watch, I was like, oh my God, it's already 11 o'clock. I was like, well, you know what I mean? Probably right. missed out on that one. Right. And so I, I ended up just having dinner with some friends instead. But I, um, I meant to go. I just ended up not going. What'd you do the rest of the weekend? Uh, good? Yeah. And on, on Saturday night, I actually spent my evening in downtown Canton. Once again, I had a wedding that I went to. Oh, okay, cool. It was, uh, it was very unorthodox. Like it was very different. It was at the Canton Palace Theater and uh the couple that was getting married um they were performers and that just kind of gives you a, an idea of like the crowd that was there the audience uh, that yeah. was there the people that were there it was just very like i mean it was cool it was very um different it was very uh, entertaining i want to say um but it was just so like oh my god dude like what are we what what is this like what is that like there was one part where where like everyone in the audience well, I don't want to say the audience but everyone like in the you know the ceremony we were all holding these like pieces of yarn and they were up on the stage and they were like holding the yarn and it was I don't know it was just they were like and this is like the web of our loved ones oh, the web god. of our friends and the web of our life oh my god and I was you know I mean hey different strokes different folks obviously like I said this these were people- these are the web of lies that we're gonna tell each other. <laughs> in six months we're both cheating on one the, another these were people who you know who who wanted their wedding to be different and i respect that and i appreciate that um but there was just so many times i'm like man that's weird like i've never done that before like that's a funny thing to do at a wedding i'm more of a traditional wedding person i think if i was going to get married i don't want webs of yarn and like that that would not be for me at all i think i'm right in the middle where like because uh, dude it's not like i'm gonna have like a religious ceremony at all i'm not a religious person at all um but traditions are traditions for a reason i guess for some for at least for some people so right in the middle where i i don't want my wedding to like people to walk away from it like damn dude that was crazy but i also don't want them to walk away thinking it was boring i uh well i mean weddings are boring i mean unless you're getting married well i mean what else you gonna do I mean, a web of yarn. That would be boring. Web of yarn for most reasonable people would be boring. But at least it was different. Rather than just like sitting there and doing the same thing that you've gone to in every wedding, it was at least something like, all right, that's different. Yeah, don't make me hold yarn at your wedding. I Honestly, I would stand up and walk right out of the back of the church after that. I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'm out on that. I, uh, I, I personally, I don't get that at all. But I, again, I don't plan on getting married. I, and, and I don't understand the chicken dance at weddings either. I don't understand that. I hate going to wedding receptions and people just expect you to do that. And I'm like, no, I'm never doing that. I never understood why that thing came into, hey, these two adults are going to be married for the rest of their life. So let's dance around like chicken. I've never understood why that's a thing. I, at all. Um, I, apparently, our promotions department still on vacation, so I'm not sure I have anything to give you uh, uh, this fine morning. I wish Nothing we did. that I'm aware of. 
We will talk to Scott at eight o'clock, and uh, we will talk to Scott at eight o'clock this morning, and we'll be right back with more Sansbury Show next. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Multiple people have sent me this, so I I suppose I should probably make mention of it. Um, but the radio industry lost a, a longtime veteran, Matt Patrick, who was on in Akron forever. For I mean, pretty sure Matt was on when I was in high school. Like three decades, I believe been a long time i never met i had never met matt patrick i didn't know him personally um i had listened to him growing up i remember like eighth grade dances and stuff like i remember that but like i never met the man but i heard nothing but great things but he did um lose his battle with cancer from what i understand and it was like what late last week where he decided to look i'm not gonna go to the back to the doctor i'm just kind of kind of let nature take its course which I kind of took then like he that he was preparing for this pretty soon. Yeah, you don't do that without knowing that what's coming around the corner. You know, yeah. what I mean, that's a tough decision to come to, obviously, for you and your family. So he, he I'm sure he was aware of what was happening. I know our buddy Keith Kennedy was tight with him, um, but I, I had never met the man. But that is um, I mean, obviously, it's sad. And, and for a guy who had, I mean, a huge career here. You know, that's all. That's definitely a hole. Yeah, he's the reason WKDD exists as it does today. Um, I, I guess, you know, the thing that it kind of opened my eyes to it as he passed away yesterday, um, you, when you sit in these rooms, it's very easy to kind of forget the connection that you make with people and the, you know, and the impact you have on their life. But I mean, this guy's been in Texas for, I think, like 15 years. And there, yeah. there, and there were still people who were just like distraught over it. Yeah. And that's part of my, see, that's part of my problem with the internet, though, is that are they distraught? Well, or are they just being yeah. are they like, well, I'm a nice if I do this. And like like we always say about celebrity death, it's the it's very much the same way. And look, I'm not knocking you. And, and I definitely don't want to drag Matt's name through the mud or anything like that. that's not what I'm trying to do. But like if I was to die this evening, I know people would do that. And it's like, you don't do you really care or are you just trying? I, I just, it, it, you know, it is me because people were asking me about this yesterday and they said, you know, why aren't you all over on this? Why aren't you posting about this? And I said, because. I never met the guy. And so for me to go overboard and talk about how sad it is and how you know, this and that, it's inauthentic. And I'd be lying to you. And that's the one thing I won't do. Yeah, I mean, to pretend like, you know, you guys were best friends or that he made this giant impact onto your career. That's obviously disingenuous. And you don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But still, it's I mean, it is, it is it, sad. sad. No, it's, yeah, I'm know. not saying it's not sad. It's just, you know, I, I just, you know, you, yes, you do make a connection with people who listen to you, obviously. It's just, you know, I, I felt like I should make a mention of it because multiple people send it to me. But I, like I said, I didn't want to go overboard. I didn't want to be accused, you know what I mean? Because it, it's just, like I said, I didn't want to be inauthentic about it. I don't know what WKDD is doing, but I'm sure they'll be talking about it. Oh, I would imagine, it, yeah. You know, making it a big part of that. I would day. imagine. I mean, that's, you know, f- from where he hails. So, yeah, I, w- I would imagine so. South Daytona, Florida now, where a woman facing charges. And again, it's July, so you knew this was going to start to happen. She left her kid in the car. And... Apparently, she went to like some dollar store or whatever, and a five. She left her five year old in the car. She went into the store with another one of her children. She said it was about ten minutes, but they looked at security footage and it was about thirty. And this is where I'm starting to get confused. She left the driver's side window rolled down. Not to be like, well, then he's probably good, but like I didn't realize the car could still get hot enough to hurt somebody like that. 
if the windows were rolled down. Um, I would imagine you or I would probably have been fine in it, but babies don't sweat the same as like adults do. They can't cool themselves the same way. So even if you're putting a kid, you know, a hundred degree car probably wouldn't kill you or I, but uh, that's just, it's different for a baby. So I, I can't believe she had another kid with her. Yeah, she had multiple kids. I'm not trying to nitpick, but it was a five-year-old. So, I mean, I don't know if that still holds up because you're right about a baby, but I'm not sure if that's still, I don't know. I, I'm not a physician. I don't know if that still holds up with a five-year-old, but I, I didn't realize that if I had rolled the window down that that wasn't enough. I mean, she had the, like the driver's side window rolled down and then like the driver's side, what would be the driver's side in the back seat, that window rolled down just a little bit. And that's the other two were were rolled up on the other side and you know witnesses say the kid was screaming and that kind of thing but um we don't have any of that why didn't these witnesses go do something if you hear a child screaming in a car they called they called the fire department the fire department came out and you know the woman then says you know he wasn't in the car for two hours it was 12 minutes now again they went back and looked at the security footage it ended up being around 30 and the firefighter told her don't get all huffy and puffy because i'm not going to feel bad for you i don't care said the firefighter um, yeah, the manager of the store said she had been walking around for about 30 minutes and surveillance video then did, uh, show that she was in the store for about a half hour with her three-year-old daughter. Uh, a firefighter told Walker, her son was lucky to be alive. We get cases where in 10 and 15 minutes, the kid is dead. Said the firefighter. How do you remember one kid and not the other? Well, she said the kid wanted to stay in the car. Oh, so she rolled she the window down. Okay. Yeah. She rolled the window down and said, stay now five's probably too young to leave a kid. In a car when you're going to go shopping, like that's too young probably to leave a kid just without adult supervision. I think, especially with the window down in a parking lot, like yeah. how I mean, how yeah. easy would it have been for some perv to just grab that, snatch kid your kid, and gone? And especially in Florida, where you know all awful things happen. Now here's where the story takes a real interesting turn. They put her in the back of the cop car to start taking her to jail. <laughs> she told the cops to turn on the air conditioning because it was hot Jeez. in the car. It was hot in the car. I uh, I can't believe uh, every summer we talk about this. How are people still leaving people in cars? How are you still doing this? After you, uh, everybody's got the, dude, Obama made sure y'all got phones. <laughs> you have a phone. How are you, like, you haven't read about this? You don't know that this is a thing? Why are you still doing this? I think it almost, almost, and I granted this kid lives, so we can't say it's as bad as other situations, but like this almost makes it worse that you consciously decided to leave your child in the car. Like that, you really thought that was a good idea? It's not a 13 year old, it's a five year old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I remember going to the store with my mom. My mom would let me sit in the car. Yeah, here's the keys, listen to the radio, do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? But again, I don't think at five years old she would have done that to me. I, uh, I'm going to have to make the assumption that sooner or later, and I would assume sooner, that there's going to have to be some sort of alarm or alert or like some sort of system that they put into new cars where it's, you know, if you're, if you, there's if, a kid in here, if you lock your doors and within the next five minutes, there's movement in the car or there's, you know, something like that, or that that sends something to your smartphone. You know what I mean? I mean, we had to, we had to put the emergency release in the trunk right. because people kept putting people in the trunk. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, eventually you would think the car companies would be like, you know what? Let's get ahead of this. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't see, we have the technology. There's no question about that. Oh, yeah. we're, we're able to do it. So I just wonder how many kids are going to have to die in one summer for it to be like, okay, enough is enough. Now we're going to now we're going to do something how do you about do this. well i mean it would just be a sensor yeah 
And, you know, like like I said, like a motion sensor or even like a weight sensor. Like once you put that in, they can do that. Weight probably would not be the right way just because if I leave a bo- a heavy box in the backseat of my car, is that going to do it? But motion would definitely be the right way. Well, but then the problem will be like, well, then you got a baby in a baby seat. Is are you, is the baby, is the baby going, going to gonna move, move enough? enough? Yeah. Yeah, that, that will be, well, I mean, just. I'm sure they can put like a laser scan in it. Now, I, the idea of it for you parents, it'd be fantastic. For me, it'd be like, dude, my car's now spying on me. You know what I mean? Yes. I, 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 the more I smart technology you put in a car, it's spying on you. Though. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say is you've got Bluetooth, you've got everything else. Yeah, I got voice command in my car. It, it can spy on me, and I, it is spying on yeah, me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be enough to stop you know regulations coming down. And I guess, I mean, if you don't want that option in your car, but... But still, it's a safety thing. I feel like that it's probably it's it's just a. It's like of a time. safety. It's like seatbelts. You know, in the beginning, people were like, you know, that's against my constitutional right or whatever. But in the end, it's like if it's going to save lives, it's probably a better. It's probably a better idea that you use them and have them in the car. I also saw this out of like a, a local Walmart where this keeps happening, and it's really not local here. But um, I, I'm sorry. I, did a bad job of that, but there's uh somebody's putting razor blades in like the handles of Walmart carts. So like when you go to grip it and like walk through the store, you're like cutting your hands all up. And it just sounds like the old wives tale of like Halloween candy. I can't for the life of me figure out why somebody would do that. But if you think about it, you never look at those things. You just grab it and just start walking. You just assume everything's going to be okay with it. Oh, like anything else in life, we all are under the the, the illusion of safety. Um, it reminds me, yeah, you're right, the, 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 of needles in candies. Yes. People used to talk about needles in like theater seats, like where like you put, oh, like, yeah. you put an HIV infected needle. And I don't know where these people were getting all these HIV infected needles, but they were putting all these HIV needles on the, corner now. On, uh, on, on, on the seats. Or I also heard about um, gas pumps. You know what I mean? You yeah. put your hand in there. And I've heard you that squeeze too. That. And I, as far as I knew, the HIV needles, the gas pump needles, the candy and needles, or the needles and candy, those were all kind of like wives' tales. Those were yeah. kind of urban legend. Urban this legend is, stuff. This is like actual Walmart's confirmed two cases. And for Walmart to confirm it, you know that it genuinely happened. They wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, it happened. Any possibility this is people doing it to themselves to try to sue Walmart down the line? Has to be a possibility. I didn't think of that, but it has to be a possibility. When I saw the, because I saw a photo of it. When I saw the razor blade, it was so poorly done. And not, it's like, how do you perfectly do that? But it's like, it was so poorly done where I was like, you know what? This feels like I slipped and fell in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I especially I think, with Walmart. I think that's a possibility, and also, you know, idiot teenagers who are like, "Dude, we're gonna we're going to anarchy in Walmart," and it, just having that attitude, I think, would be enough for some stupid teenager to just pull that. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think you're right. It's either a 16 year old or a 40 year old looking to get paid out by Walmart. But that's scary stuff. I'll be looking at the handle on the shopping cart for at least a week. Um, so the golf game's a little bit in peril. I got it back a little bit yesterday, but a couple of guys on courses had worse things happen to them than I did. I'll explain next. Hang on. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on what the Cavs are doing and what, well, more importantly, they're not doing. Interested to get his opinion on that, so we'll do that. Also, apparently, like, six Indians players are all having babies right now. Like, apparently, there's just, like, baby drama going on with the Indians. I don't know if that coincides with your 
with your long run last year and everybody's celebrating at home because how good the season was. And now we're having kids. I don't know. But we'll find out from Scott. We'll talk to him at 8 o'clock. He's on loan from waitingfornextyear.com. Being passed around the internet all the time is like these. Would you shoot your best friend for a million dollars? And then you always read the comments. Yeah, I would just shoot him in the leg and then we'd split the million dollars. It's like you always see that stuff. Of course, most people would smack their best friend for a thousand dollars. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Smack my best friend. Shoot somebody in the leg, though. Eh, I don't know. I, maybe, possibly, but I don't know. You could definitely die from getting shot in the leg. Well, not only that, but the cops are going to want to talk to you. Yeah, indeed you, they are. You can't just shoot people in the leg just to do it. But you see this stuff all the time. Would you slap your mom for a million dollars? Of course I would. Of course. As would you. So. This is now being taken over, though, on the golf course, and I got to like keep my head on a swivel now because that's where I spend most of my time. But the would you run over your best friend for $2 million is the thing that was going on with the internet. And so now dudes, when, when their buddies aren't looking, are just taking the golf cart and running them over. Jesus. Yeah, that's terrible. Don't do that. You could seriously hurt someone. I'm looking at this video right now. The guy's getting ready to take a swing, and they crash right into him. Right dad smashed into him. The wheel's like on top of his stomach now. Like, you could kill somebody dry- hitting them with a golf cart for sure. I, 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 I don't think it would be like, well, obviously not every time, but like something goes wrong, I'm sure you could kill somebody with a golf cart. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, it's a, it's a vehicle. I mean, I would assume those probably go 20 miles per hour, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't yeah. know what they go, but that sounds about right. Yeah, so I mean, you could do major damage, and depending on how you hit somebody, you totally kill somebody with one of them. Well, not only that, but you could paralyze somebody for sure. I mean, did you hit the back the wrong way, or you run over the lo- the legs the wrong way? I mean, like this one here, this guy's like, you see it, they hit him straight in the back with it, and his body bends backwards. Like that's a terrible look. Um, I, over one hundred and forty thousand injuries per year to golf carts. I'm looking for fatalities right now, but I mean, it's not. It's it, it's not the same thing as a power wheel. It's not the same thing as no. like it, it's not know, a big wheel, right? Right. It, it's it's a it's a it's a vehicle there. This guy, <laughs> these two guys push their buddy into the pond by by hitting them with the golf cart. I can't even begin to tell you how mad I would be. Like, if you hit me with the golf cart, that's it. That's the last hole we're playing. Of course, dude. Forever. Like, I'm not friends with you anymore after that. No. There are certain things with me that are a bridge to, like, that would be too far. Like, I've ended a friendship over a wet willy. Like, those don't, like, that's not, that's not funny. There's nothing funny about that to me. No, it. Uh, I, I understand why getting ran over with a golf course would be like, all right, that's a line in the sand. <laughs> I'm in. Right We're not that's, friends anymore. That's fair. I had an, uh, I read another story about a guy, and this, what an idiot. I mean, golf balls are expensive. Like a nice Titleist Pro V1, they're like $4 a piece, right? So they're, they can be a lot of money, although you can buy like off-brand stuff and you'll be fine. But they can be expensive. Now, the reason I bring this up is because a guy was in Florida, apparently, and he dove into a pond to get a lost golf ball like an idiot, and he got bit by an alligator. Dude, it's once again, you're in vacation mode. You're like, ah, dude, I'm playing golf. Ah, I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen there. Dude, it's a Florida pond. Of course, there could be a gator in there. <laughs> yeah, of course, there's wildlife in there that, that, that could eat you. What the hell's the matter with you? I've lost enough golf balls in water for sure. But normally, and again, golf courses hate when you do this, but like they sell like a golf ball retriever and it's like a huge like pole and it like you keep pulling it out like clowns out of a car. 
and it's got like a little basket at the end of it, and you just like swing it in the water there, and you can like pull golf balls out of the water. What the hell were you thinking, jumping in there? And yes, you're right, four dollars. That's an expensive ball, but dude, it's four bucks. Like, let that one go. Those are, that's the most expensive ball in the market, too. It's like that's there are plenty of golf. Dude, like the balls I play right now are like twenty bucks a dozen. Okay, well then, yes, you'd obviously let that one just go by the wayside. Yeah, there. that would not be that big of a deal. Absolutely. What uh, what was the story out on the golf course this weekend, buddy? I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm a head case, dude. I um, I so it, it started out bad. We got it back a little bit yesterday, and actually, I ended up playing pretty good to end the day yesterday. But it's just, I, I just, this is what I'm always talking about. So I went out last week and I played with a couple of different guys. And one of my buddies said something to me. Like the the problem with golf is you can be better at this sport than somebody. But if you hit three balls bad and somebody sees it, now they want to walk over and tell you what you're doing wrong. And so sure enough, like I just had mo- I had too much information in my head where somebody was like, "No, I think it's this and maybe it's this and this and this." And so then you get confused standing over and I was telling like I don't know if this happens to everybody but with this sport or if maybe it's just me and it's probably just me because I'm a head case like I said. But when I lose it, it's like losing the password to your computer. I know I know it, but now I'm just like typing stuff in and nothing's working, you know? And so it's like one of those types of things. So I was like standing over it. I was just like confused. And it got so bad that it was at the point where like Friday night we were playing. It was pretty late. It was like 830. And I wouldn't swing. the. My buddy Jamie from across the ferry was like, dude, just swing it, you puss. I was like, no, man, I'm like afraid to pull the trigger. And so like, I, and sure enough, I took Saturday off. I didn't do anything Saturday. I just slept all day. I didn't do anything. And then I went out there yesterday and we did. We found it a little bit and I, I got it back together. Too bad it's going to rain for four days. So by the time the weekend comes, I won't be able to do it. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need a little week break there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a little bit of time off. Let it, let it, let it simmer down. Walk back, feel rejuvenated. <laughs> I just did. I was like, we went to dinner after we got done playing Friday night. And everybody's making fun of me. My buddy Jamie's like, dude, you're the biggest head case I've ever met in my entire life. He's like, I've never seen anybody that can hit a ball off the tee 275, get up and take the wedge out and hit it 10 yards. He's like, I've never, never seen that in my entire life. It, it was bad news bears. Do not run people over with anything. Yeah, not cars, not golf carts, nothing. Bad, bad news. A tragedy has happened in Uniontown. We have the latest and we'll pass it on to you next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. We'll find out why NBA players are moving around the league and on the cheap and the Cavs are doing, well, basically nothing. They've signed one player, from what I understand. We'll talk to Scott about that at 8 o'clock. Also at 8.30, Google is spying on all of you, and you're all a bunch of liars. We're all a bunch of liars. I trusted Google. No, I wouldn't. Oh. They sell your information. Yeah, they, they do. They give it to anybody who will pay $5 for it. And I have your information, and we've all been lying about some stuff. We'll do that at 8.30. Now, however, we have a piece of audio from Fox 8 we want you to take a listen to. And this is in relation to the shooting that happened overnight, or last night, I believe, around 10.30, I think it was, in Uniontown. Let's take a listen to that now. 
Breaking news we are following this morning. A police officer hospitalized after suspect shoots him at least four times. Officers return fire, Jeez. killing the suspect. It is our top story. Want to check in with Stacey Fry live in Uniontown this morning where the investigation into this police-involved shooting is currently underway. Stace, good morning. Good morning. The body of that man who was shot by police is just about to be taken away. They've just pulled up with a vehicle. Uh, he was shot right inside the front door of a home here on Leela Avenue Northwest in Uniontown. As you can see still, as you mentioned, a lot of activity here. Uh, not only Uniontown Police, but the Sheriff's Department, BCI, uh, coroner's office has been here waiting for this moment to uh, take the body away. As you said, this suspect fired at police. They pulled up around 10:15, 10:30 last night, uh, responding to some sort of domestic call, and no sooner did they pull up, and it looks like they were shot at almost immediately. A lot of shell casings being picked up in the middle of the street here. Police officers returned fire, killing the suspect, but one officer was hit four times. Uniontown police tell me that that officer is in the intensive care unit, but he is stable. The Uniontown police chief putting out a message on their Facebook page asking for prayers for this officer and for his family. Uh, he is a, a father. He is a husband. Apparently has been on the force for quite some time, but also has served in other police departments. So sounds like a career police officer here and just no time to react. It was just almost instantaneous when they pulled up and it looks like this man started shooting at them again. He was shot and killed. Uh, we don't know much more than that. Police not giving out any more information about what sort of domestic issue this was in particular, but we do know that Uniontown police have been called out to this home in the past. How many times or what those calls were about? We're waiting for more information on all of that. But again, a suspect dead and the police officer who was shot in intensive care, but stable at this hour. Stacy Fry. That's what we're hearing from fox8.com. And I've been following along with the news outlets, and they're all reporting different things. I've heard critical condition. I've heard stable condition. I've heard a couple of different things. But from what I understand, he is in surgery, I believe, right now. Um, so hopefully um, he comes through with that. All right. Shot four times and they say almost immediately pulling up on scene. Actually, I have uh, a message here from Chief Britt says on Sunday, July 9th, the Uniontown police responded to a domestic violence call on Leela Avenue. A male suspect fired at officers, striking one officer four times. The officers then returned fire. The suspect died from his wounds. The officer was then transported to a hospital in Akron. The Stark County Sheriff's Office and Ohio BCI are now investigating this incident. We would like to thank all the agencies that responded to the scene, OSP, Summit County Sheriff's Office, Stark County Sheriff's Office, Lakemore PD, Canton PD, and a special thank you to Hartville PD and Hartville Fire and Uniontown Fire Departments. We would like to thank everyone for their prayers, and we would ask that you continue to keep our officer and his family in your prayers. Thank you, Chief Britt. That was uh, from the Uniontown Police Department's official Facebook page. Yeah, called to the house multiple times, um, you know, uh, recently, and then just, the, they said, like, just started being fired upon as soon as getting there. The uh, the surprising thing here to me is that there's only one dead body involved in this case. I figured that once his wife or girlfriend or whatever the relationship is there, um, once she made that phone call, once police came up, I would figure prior to deciding, hey, I'm going to start shooting police, the decision would have been made to shot her. I wonder if it was just suicide by cop at that at that point, where it was like, you know what, let's just do this and and, and get it over with. 
and I, I mean, I, I can't put myself in the mind of a psychopath like this, but like, it's if you're going to decide suicide by cop, you might as well take her out with you. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where my head, you know, goes to it. Is that I'm shocked that there wasn't another that she wasn't. A, a, I mean, if it, know, yeah, like if it the, got that heated to yeah. where your people are calling the cops, you would think. I mean, that that's what that's what normally happens, or or that's what can happen. I is probably the more proper way to say that. Um, what a terrible thing, though. I mean, it just, I mean, to, to be shot four times. I mean, so they shot, the suspect then was shot, what, in like the the foyer of the home. So they, so the cops didn't even make it into the house. Like they were still outside when he was shot then, right? Am I understanding that right? Um, as far as I know, yes, they didn't breach the home, but I, you know, it's one of those things that details are going to have to kind of, right. we're going to have to wait to see what, you know, truthfully happened there. A lot of yeah, movie lot. pieces, parts. That's a lot of gunfire. You know what I mean? Yeah, and for somebody to get shot four times, I obviously the, the gun could make a difference there, but I, I think you, shot, you get shot once and boom, you're on the ground. But I, I, you know, I don't know if this guy was going into the home or or what the what this officer was doing, where you know, getting shot four times. But you know, fingers crossed for him. What a terrible place for a family to be right now. They mentioned in the newscast there that you know he's a father and a husband, and 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 just how terrible for his loved ones. Margaret's writing in and telling me it's his wife. I don't. She's coming in and or she's only giving me information about halfway through. So I, I don't know whose wife or who. I don't, I don't know what she's. What are we missing here, Margaret? I, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I would think when I said that, you know, she would be dead. I, I didn't know if it was his girlfriend. Or his oh, wife OK. Or it's his wife. All right. All right. OK. Sorry. That's why I shouldn't read while while, uh, while we're doing that. But we hope he uh, we hope the officer can pull through and. um Again, just before you take to Twitter next week and talk about how bad cops are, I want you to remember how you feel right now. Before you're on Twitter all woke next week, I want you to remember how you feel right now when this is happening to a cop here locally. Quit with the keyboard. Those guys go into dangerous situations every single day. It's not black and white. They operate in the gray area a lot. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. We'll do so at 8 o'clock. Uh, but I want to get into this now as um, there are people who believe that the NFL is in serious trouble. There were people making way too much over some small ratings decline last year during the NFL season. And it was primarily the presidential election that did that. As soon as that thing kind of like ramped up or like wrapped up, next thing you know, NFL ratings skyrocketed. It's just kind of we haven't seen a presidential election like that in a while. It, you know, I mean, that thing was pretty heated. And, you know, people were very invested. People who hated Trump just wanted to see what he said. People who loved him were hanging on every word. It's just he just kind of moves the needle that way. And so the NFL was hurt by it. And I was saying last week that I think the NFL needs to figure something out, though, because when Tom Brady retires, who's the like the next quarterback star? I hear Derek Carr, and I had said this. I said, let's say, let's say, let's play Derek Carr's, you know, career out. If you don't know, he's the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, which that right there tells you not totally a star yet, right? Let's say he ends up becoming Ben Roethlisberger. Two titles, two Super Bowls, Hall of Fame career. Ben Roethlisberger can't be the face of the league. Like he's not the face of the league. Tom Brady's the face of the league. I don't know what the NFL is going to do. They're, they're, they don't have a whole lot of young gun QBs right now that are that good. And it'd be hard to put 
the the face of the league uh, weights on anyone else's shoulders. It almost has to be a quarterback. I mean, you can point at stud wide receivers and running backs and guys that are great defensive players and OBJ even, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, but you can't count on that dude to carry the league no. for you. You can't you can't treat that dude like Tom Brady. You can't treat that dude like LeBron, who guys are legit the face of it. And OBJ's not that guy. He's he's charismatic. He's a star, but he's not face of the league. He's not who you're putting the entire, I would the entire weight of the of the, I would agree. Uh, of it on him. He's a superstar, yet, man, it just goes to show you the steps of that stuff, right? You can be a superstar and still not be the guy who can be like the face of the league. It just goes to show you the popularity of Tom Brady. Now, Aaron Rodgers still in the league. Pretty damn good quarterback. There are some good quarterbacks. Yeah, but uh, I mean... You can when, make the argument Aaron Rodgers has under-delivered. And Aaron Rodgers isn't young enough to take over when Tom Brady leaves. I mean, no. if Tom Brady sticks around for another two years. I mean, that's another two years on Rodgers' age, and that's a tough. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's no, he's a, getting old. Tough for him to for him to do that. And so, you know, I've kind of said, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be in trouble, but I. You know, the NBA right now is just star, 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 star. And, like, the NFL is kind of like, well, I mean, we have Tom Brady. And, well, I mean, we have Tom Brady. And, I mean, it just kind of feels like – and I have said for a while now, I feel like if they win this year in New England, that Brady and Belichick both might drop it and, like, we're out. We have our six rings. We're done. See you later. Now, I could be way wrong on that. It's just kind of how I feel about it. Now, I bring this up because NFL players are starting to rip – these NBA contracts. Like there's a guy now saying Aaron Rodgers should make more money than James Harden. Now, I've always said that I felt like I'm, that NFL players should probably make more money than the NBA guys, but the TV deal is what the TV deal is. And so like these guys got to get paid. And I don't care what an athlete makes, get all the money you can get. What do I care? I'm not paying it. So, you know, for at the end of the day, what do I care what the owner has to pay you? Yeah, I mean, when you sign up to be a pro athlete, you know what you're walking yourself into there. You know that as an NFL player, you're walking into the hardest salary cap in all of professional sports, and you know you're walking onto a team with 50 other guys on it. So you put those two things together, and, well, and what, what do you expect? Well, here's the other one. That an NFL owner only gets eight times to make money off of you. Like half your games are played away, you get eight home games. There's what eighty two games in an NBA season. I, I don't. What's that break out to be? Is it forty one at home or whatever mm-hmm. it is? Forty one home games or whatever it is. So that's forty one times Dan Gilbert gets to make money off of LeBron James. Now, for the most part, I would assume there's far more sellouts within an NFL season than there is, you know, an NBA season. I, I you know, you you pull out the worst, you know, record in the NFL versus the best in the NBA, and maybe there's a difference. But if you take two teams in the middle, I would assume that you know you you've got more people coming to see you. You've got more people. You're packing more into the stands, um, which you're right lends itself to like you you you've only got a window that's open in front of you for so long. Short, and yeah, right. They're only going to you're, you're only going to get so much of a piece of that pie. There's too many guys on the roster for you to for you guys to make NBA money, and the pie gets cut up a lot too. Now I have said. I think, you know what I mean, uh, that NFL players should make a lot of money because they have been sold this bill of goods that if you don't drag your tired, ragged-ass body out there that you're a puss, and NBA players break a nail and they're like, yeah, I'm not playing. And baseball players break a nail, I'm not playing. NFL players, dude, if you don't get out there, remember, dude, Jay Cutler got crucified for wanting to come out of a game. I mean, basically ended his career. I know he kept playing, but people never looked at him the same way ever again. It's just they've been sold this bill of goods. And there's more bad news now 
for the NFL. They have lost two huge advertisers for next year. Two huge. Now, again, I and Fantone and I both are in the advertising business. That's what we get paid to do is deliver content and make it worthy of advertisers placing their ads with us to help them sell products. That's what we're doing here, right? So I... If I walked into my office today and my boss told me that we lost these two businesses, now they're not currently with us the way they were with the NFL, but if they were, I'd be worried about my job today. The NFL has lost both Viagra and Cialis for next year. They're both out. Wow. They're both out. That's $50 million airing in commercials during NFL games, and they're done. The reason why is apparently now that Viagra and Cialis have both declined to buy any advertisements on NFL games for the, for the coming season because apparently both Viagra and Cialis will soon be available as generics, and therefore the makers of the drugs feel like, you know what, no need to advertise the, the name brands for this anymore. We already have the name recognition, and once the generics come out, what are people going to do? Much like airline tickets, just give me the cheap one. I don't care which which one's better. Just give me the cheap one. Yeah, and I mean, you know, not to discredit boner problems, but like, it's not like it's not like cancer medication where you're like, no, I want the top of the line, the best. Where I mean, a lot of people don't even have that option available to them. But when it does come to erectile dysfunction, you're going to go for what's cheap there. Oh, of yeah. course you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and honestly, if you just take two aspirin, it'll probably thin your blood out well enough for it to work. I mean, that's just you know, what I mean, that's kind of like the science behind all that stuff. Anyway, fifty million dollars, dude. I, I didn't know that those were going generic. I figured that would kind of have been a, a bigger news story. Like I figured that alone would have would have made headlines. Me too, because I just assumed that there already were generics of this stuff. I didn't realize that there weren't. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I'm right. I mean, how long has Viagra been? I mean, I've been hearing people bitch about Viagra commercials in sports for what 15 years? I was say 20. Yeah, I was going to say forever. probably mid 90s, late 90s is when that came out. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not in the I'm not in the like the the market for boner drugs, but. I would have figured there was a generic as well. Yeah, I would have thought that. I, I didn't know that. $50 million in advertising, dude. I mean, uh, you can't just make that up. I feel like that's, yeah, you no, know, you're certainly not. In the NFL, you've got other big brands. You've got Budweiser. You've got Ford. You've got the million different Yeah, but you things. had them when you had Seattle. Exactly. And that doesn't, they're, you know, Ford's not going to be like, oh, damn, you guys kind of got hosed there. I, uh, well, you know what? We'll buy $50 million worth more and more of advertising. Of course, they're not going to do that. No. If anything, they probably have a bigger upper hand now. Oh, huge upper hand. Knowing that you're in a desperate spot where it's like, well, dude, you've got this extra inventory. You can sell it to me for cheaper. Oh, yeah. If you're an account executive for the NFL today, absolutely. That's what every client's going to say to you. Guys, I have the internet, too. I know Viagra and Cialis just pulled $50 million out of there. Of course. No, 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 no. You're giving me this at a fraction of the rate. I'm a little surprised, especially since this is the beginning of it, where I would figure the makers of Viagra and Cialis would be like, hey, this is our last year of being able to advertise this. Double down. Right. Before before the, the generic ED drugs come out on the market, I would figure it would be like, you know what? Now's the time to do this. Let's let's. Do it before because if you know, not to say that I'm like the the, the 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 I know all things about news, but if I feel like if I didn't know there was a generic coming out, most people probably don't know there's a generic coming out. So you'd have this one last year to really hit it hard. I figure that's no pun on the word there. That, that would that would have been their game plan. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's sound logic there. Because, like I said, I just assume that all drugs already have right. the generic, and that, that it's already you know it, it's already on the shelf. I wonder if part of this, and I would have to imagine some of it is, is that again, man, people are just watching content differently now than they ever have For before, sure. and you know you can watch games live on Twitter now. And I mean that's what killed Sports Center is that highlight reels are now on on social media timelines. You don't need Sports Center anymore. You've already seen the highlight by the time Sports Center starts. That's why they're changing those shows. I would have to imagine that what Viagra and Cialis may do, Fantone, is go with more like in stadium advertising. Okay. That way, when you're watching the highlights on your social media, you still see the name recognition, and they're just going to stop running the traditional TV broadcast commercials. I don't know that, but I would imagine that those brands still want to be next to professional sports. That's good. I'm tired of seeing two old people holding hands in claw tub bath or in claw foot bathtubs just sitting there outside. You know, he gives or she gives him that look and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to pull out my Viagra. Well, when you're 70, that's how you bang in the bathtub. I guess so. (laughs) That way you're both laying down nobody falls in the tub and nobody gets hurt. You don't have to press that goddamn life alert button. You're already both on your back in the goddamn tub. You're ready to go. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. We will do that. And like I said, at 8 o'clock on Rock 106.9, and a flight attendant came to the rescue. We'll give you her story next on The Stansbury Show. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. I apologize. I did not time appropriately. I'm trying to trying to finish swallowing my cereal there. There's nothing worse when somebody eats on the radio. I know it's awful. I apologize for that. We're online at WRQK.com. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8 a.m. It's been a while now since we've heard a positive story coming out of the airline. It was just the other day where I saw now, what was it, United, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, where like a woman was told to like yank her two-year-old out of the seat and carry her two-year-old child on her lap so they because they were overbooked and even though they charge you for the two-year-old's seat when when they sit in the seat they like made her hold the kid on her lap and then uh because they overbooked it and I'm tired of this overbooking thing it's like guys the plane was built years ago you know how many seats are in it don't overbook now I know part of that's what but, but I would imagine kayak and all those other Expedia and all like all those other sites where you know where you kind of like auction off airline seats and I think there's they always are concerned about people not showing up or people canceling their flight that's why they oversell is so that there are always maximum capacity there which is led to some problems yeah that's that's but that's your issue airline not mine right and so but now we have a uh, a more positive story from the airline company themselves I wouldn't want this happening on my flight but at least a Delta employee had kind of stepped up in a moment of like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And handled themselves properly. A guy was sitting in first class. This flight was uh, from Seattle to Beijing it was heading. And a guy was sitting in first class, asked the flight attendant for a beer. Had one beer. They say, uh, as far as they know, they only he only had the one alcoholic beverage while being on the plane. Went into the bathroom, came out, asked the flight attendant a question, and then went right back in the bathroom. All right. And then a short period of time later... I guess he left his seat 
and then went for the emergency door and tried to open it in the middle of the flight. Like, was just going to open the door mid-flight. And the flight attendant then thought better of it and grabbed a wine bottle and smacked him over the head. Jeez. Yeah. Imagine that, dude. A probable call statement written by the FBI Special Agent Karen Hiley said Hudeck was sitting in the first row of the Boeing 767's first class section. He asked the flight attendant for a beer before takeoff, was served one. He exhibited no sign of being intoxicated, ordered no other alcoholic drinks, the uh, the attendant told the cops there. About an hour into the flight, the plane was over the Pacific Ocean, Ocean, sorry, northwest of Vancouver Island. He went... Into the he went into the forward restroom. He came out quickly, asked the attendant a question, went back in. Two minutes later, he suddenly lunged for the exit door, grabbed the handle, and tried to open it. They then grabbed him, put he pushed them away, he punched one of them, and then, like I said, the flight attendant grabbed a wine bottle, smacked him right over the head with it. What else was she supposed to do? You know, she had a, she had a job to do that. I think that's awesome. I wonder what this guy's deal was. You know, if, I mean, what are you going to do? And if you had one beer, I mean, I don't think you're not drunk. I was going to say, and I don't think I've ever been so drunk where I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to open up this plane door in the middle of a flight. But like, what I wonder what this guy's end game was, what his goal was, like what he. What was, I would imagine a jump from the plane, right? I, I I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what other reason you would have to try to open the door. Apparently, they said hitting him over the head with the with the wine bottle didn't, didn't do much. Apparently, they say. He didn't even seem phased by it. Wow. He then said, do you know who I am? No. And uh, this, to me, sounds like he was high on drugs. Okay. Because that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know, and you have, like, a, you know, superhuman strength sometimes on certain kind of drugs, and, you know, you're unaware of what's going on around you. One passenger then got him in a headlock, but he broke out of it until finally several passengers then held him long enough to place zip-tie restraints on him. Even then, he remained combative. It took multiple passengers to keep him restrained until the plane landed at the port of Seattle. Hudek had been traveling on a dependent pass, and apparently those are the passes that allow certain relatives of Delta employees to fly via standby. So another passenger said there he saw a man being rolled into the terminal in a wheelchair after the plane had landed. He started yelling for help. Also, he he turned the wheelchair over in the middle of the airport and started screaming for people to help him and just being belligerent. Yeah, this was high on drugs. Yeah, you, there has to be some level of intoxication there. I don't think this is a sober person at all. It, 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 it had to have been. You, you can't. As far as I know, when you're up in the air and the flight's taken off, like the cabin's pressurized, and I don't think you'd be able to necessarily just open that door. No, I think as the, it's cruising, like no, the pilot has to do something, right, to be to make those be able to be open. Automatic locks came on my Buick, so I would assume that they come right. on the they come on the on the seven forty seven there. Um, yeah, I would imagine. I've never flown a plane, so I don't know. And I guess like, what are flight attendants supposed to do? And after nine eleven, I'm really surprised that flight attendants aren't. I don't want to say like like law enforcement officers or anything like that, but like they have to have some sort of retaliation. I mean, the fact that they're, they had to, they had to like grab a weapon and just start swinging it like a why, wine bottle. Yeah. Like why don't they have like tasers or something? Oh, I, yes. Given in this situation, I'm like, yeah, give him a taser. But come on, man. Didn't we just see like an airline drag some dude out bloodied? Like 
you know, out of his seat. I well, I, and 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 if if you when we talked about that story, I mean, the guy has to get out. Like once an airline official, once a law enforcement officer comes onto that plane and says, "Yo, whether you like it or not, whether you get out for the right. ticket or not, like it's time for you to get out." And like, what else are you supposed to do? You had to carry the guy out. No, of I, I yeah, I mean, you, you, at some point you gotta you gotta move on with the flight. I you know I I remember that story. And I remember saying just. Keep raising the amount of money until a human being says, yes, everybody's got their price and you're the airline. And, you know, the last thing you want is you want video out there of you dragging somebody off your flight. But I don't know, man. Tasers for flight attendants. Like, I don't know. I could just see overzealous and them like shocking your kid because your kid's being annoying. I don't know about that one. And I think more likely is like, well, you get a bad guy up in the air and they're just going to steal that taser. They're just going to grab that right. taser from that. Every uh, yeah, everybody now knows that you have a weapon. Uh, but if 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 it were that worst case scenario and this guy is is threatening the lives of other people. I, I just, Am I going to be happy that you have it? And 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 the fact yeah. that the fact that I as a passenger had to stand up and help restrain this guy, like that seems more like an issue to me than anything. It's like, dude, what are you, dude? I'm a passenger on this, and now either I can deal with some guy who's violently trying to take over the plane, or I can step up and do something and put myself in harm's way. That that seems like the issue to me. I got to be honest with you, I don't think on a plane I do that. No, you think you just sit there? Yeah, especially if it's a guy just going for the door. You know what I mean? Because I think I'd look at the door and go, he's never going to be able to get that open. Now we're going to have to go back to the airport and that part's going to suck and I'm going to miss my connecting flight or whatever the hell it was. Like that would be annoying. But I think I don't think I would have been one of the people like, yeah, let me just hold this this crazy drug addicted. And now again, now that's speculative on my part. Like this crazy person down on the ground. Like I'm not taking part of that. Like wasn't it now I, I bet they don't do this anymore but like right after 9-11 weren't they wasn't there like an air marshal like on every commercial flight yeah like maybe that's the way it needs to be it makes sense to me and honestly it probably you know obviously gives cops more jobs more more opportunities to kind of earn money there I, the police are the the airlines could afford to hire a cop it's not like oh dude where are we going to get this money from and even if they couldn't they're just going to pass off the money they're going to pass off the finance to us they're going to cut you know the cost will be passed on they're not going to incur the cost we'll end up paying more for flights and things like that i can't believe that you know a hard a want you ever get hit in the head with a bottle my no. brother Hit me in the head with a bottle once when we were kids, dude. It hurts like hell, man. I can't believe that guy didn't. He didn't like they said. It didn't even phase him. He just turned around and said, "Don't you know who I am?" Which, of course, no, they didn't. Crazy person. Yeah, man. The airline finally got a little bit of good news there from one of their employees, though, because it's been like the last three months. It's just been nothing but videos of airline employees just doing what they should not be doing. We'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. We'll do that at eight o'clock next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We seem to have some issues um, landing Scott via waitingfornextyear.com on the phone. So in the meantime, I'll tell you about this story coming out of Palm City, Florida, where there was a road rage incident. And a priest then ended up pulling out a gun and pointing it. At somebody. That doesn't seem good. Apparently a couple of people were traveling from St. Cloud. North on a turnpike. And then somebody then like attempted to brake check their vehicle. 
as they tried to pass or whatever. You know how people will do that, and that's not the right way to go about stuff? Yeah, I don't know what you're trying to prove there. I don't know what you're like, all right, I'm going to give them a little brake check action right here. So somebody from the truck then had rolled down the window, shouted, and thrown a drink at the other car, according to FHP. And at that point, the priest confirmed that he had a weapon, but told police that the gun was not loaded and had been kept under his passenger seat the entire time. But the people in the truck are saying, no, dude, he whipped it out. And so how would they have known you had a gun in there if you didn't right. if you didn't pull it out? Right. So therefore, you're lying. Man, I uh, do the road rage stuff is bad, but I had no idea you could drive a priest to the point of whipping out gats and trying to shoot people on freeways. That's crazy. Nothing inappropriate about a man of the cloth having having a, no. a firearm, right? No, dude. My dad was a my dad was a minister, owned plenty of guns. As as like, what do I want to say? Something that he like was. I know he was a hunter, but was yeah. this something that he like carried with him on a regular basis? Not on a regular basis, but he did have a nine millimeter uh, in the house for home protection. We had a shotgun uh, that he used for hunting and home protection. He didn't carry openly or like conceal carry or whatever. But yeah, he had guns. So no conflict of interest there. Of like, a, if someone just rolling around with their gun, okay. I don't really have an issue with it. I um I always thought it. I will say I always thought it was weird that you know. Um, my dad, being a minister, would go out and hunt and kill one of God's animals. Like I used to give him crap about that all the time at the dinner table. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? Like, right? Aren't they? Aren't aren't deer one of God's creatures? And look at you, covering yourself in deer urine, sitting in the trees for three days trying to kill one of them. What the hell is the matter? Dude, he would walk around the house calling himself Doctor Death. Well, you know, I, I I understand that God's creatures, but he was going to eat the meat anyways, right? Uh, we normally, well, he wasn't very good at it, but we would normally process them, and he would donate. Okay. Um, said beep to, to a family in his in his congregation of need. Well, then that's completely understandable why he would uh, why he would decide that was appropriate. Yeah, he would always yell at me. He's like, "You're eating a cow right now right. at dinner. You know what's the difference? Fundamental so. difference there between that and just like swinging a gun out at somebody's face just because they brake checked you. Yeah, that's not not a good look. That is not a good look. Have we we still have not have heard not, from Scott? Have not heard from him. I'm trying right now, trying to figure out what the story is. I've heard from him this morning. I know he's like. Alive. So but. you have been in contact with him this yes, morning. Yes, this morning I have. Uh, maybe he's just having issues. Maybe. You know possibly. I, mean? I will. So, uh, you know, he's a parent. He's probably just got like a five-year-old running around his house doing something crazy. That's uh. We'll we'll take a short break here. See if we can get Scott to join us next on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting in Medina, the premier spot for thrills and entertainment. Just got a whole lot bigger. Now you've heard me tell you about the high speed, adrenaline pumping, extreme driving on Northeast Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor track. But now they've doubled the track with a new extension that takes you outside with a long, fast straightaway, and just to keep it interesting, some technical, challenging turns. It's all just west of Medina Square in the old foundry building. High Voltage Indoor Karting has adult carts for ages 14 and up and junior carts for ages 9 to 13. It's the perfect location for your next team meeting, client event, or business outing. Book your bachelor party today. They even have catering for you. When you visit, be sure to mention that you heard about High Voltage from me and ask for the Stan's Ray Show special and get your driver registration for only $1. You can call 330-333-9000 or visit highvoltagecarding.com to see for yourself and be sure to check out their Facebook page for all the latest updates. High Voltage Indoor Karting. It's lightning fast fun and events. Inspiry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. And we were able to track down Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, how are you this morning? Ever elusive, apparently. Yeah, you are indeed. <laughs> I, um, 
All right, let you two wrestling queers <laughs> just oh, gonna give it to us. Right go now. off. Apparently, what there was a pay per view last night, and you guys both watched it. What happened? It was a really good pay per view. Uh, you had Brock Lesnar taking on Samoa Joe. Uh, Brock Lesnar walking away with the title. Uh, Scott, what were your thoughts on Great Balls of Fire last night? That was the name of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah hor- horribly named uh, pay per view. Um, but you know, it gets kind of put in perspective, Dan. Like Brock Lesnar, who you've heard of, yes. right? I mean, with the MMA stuff. Yes. You know, he he has this bizarre contract with the WWE where he like rarely has to wrestle at all, and and he's the champion. So you know, the frustration that that Matt and I were talking on the break is, had they had they had him lose, he would have had a champion who actually wrestled. You know, like on that, you know, the regular television and not just pay per views. Um, but. You know, it'll happen eventually. But no, I thought it was I thought it was a good pay per view. Again, horribly named, but uh, you know, the raw roster, a lot of people, but when you can strip it down for its uh, you know, brand exclusive pay per view, you can probably you can actually get a get a pretty good show out of it. Now, okay. I can't believe I'm asking <laughs> follow up questions. I cannot believe this. But I was to understand that there was like only like four major pay-per-views per year. There was like SummerSlam, the Survivor Series, the Hell in the Cell, whatever the hell it is, WrestleMania. Like, was this just like a random pay-per-view? Or is this like a is this like an every year? Like, is this like the Eastern Conference Finals of this? Like, what the hell? What the hell happened? Like, what's the deal on that? There's a ton of pay-per-views now. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, well, so they still have the main four. So, okay. you know, you're, if, you, if you break up the seasons, you know, you have WrestleMania in April, you have SummerSlam in the summer, Survivor Series in the fall, and then Royal Rumble, you know, around usually around January. Uh, so those, those four are kind of like the flagships where they'll combine both rosters of the, the, the SmackDown and Raw, the Monday and Tuesday shows. But in between that, they have a litany of, of pay-per-views that are specific to each, each brand. So, you know, they did split it up as kind of like an Eastern Conference, Western Conference thing. Um, both, you know, they, but they only, they only share the same spotlight four times a year while everything else is, is, is brand specific. So they, they, it's, it's a lot. They have, they, there's no off season for these guys and they figure out a way to have like a pay-per-view with team like every three or four weeks. There is no off season, dude. It's, dude, every <laughs> single week you got to get out there and dude, you got to get it done. I, uh, I, I, I am. Cool. I like the fact that Scott's the one wrestling fan that knows the proper <laughs> use of litany. I like <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, uh, I'm going to use this as a transition point to get us into actual sports here. Uh, Thank you. Scott, the WWE honestly does a fantastic job of social media. They do a great job. That of, is true. Of, of, of making themselves relevant, even in this like doldrums of sports right now. And this is their time to do it because nothing else yeah, nothing's is, going on. is really NBA going on. NBA Summer League is it. How long until the NFL, the MLB, the NBA take a lesson from WWE and introduce their own streaming? platform with their own content with like how long is it until i see an nfl not well obviously we have the network but an and comparable to the wwe network you know that's a good question um you know i'd argue the nba is great on social media um they yeah. do an awesome job of quickly you know getting their own highlights up um you know and things that people might not be watching to spur interest and spur engagement and get people talking about you know, a disgusting Russell Westbrook dunk or, uh, you know, a Steph Curry half quarter or something along those lines. Um, you know, so they do a great job on that front. Uh, MLB, they have their own technology arm already uh, in BAM, the, you know, MLB Advanced Media or something it's called. Um, and so they, I think they might have the technology that who are the closest to being able to do something like that. I mean, they already have, 
you know, MLB TV where you can stream online, you can do all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's not an exclusive thing. Like you're like, you know, kind of like what WWE has done. Um, and it's also much more expensive because there's much more content and you could do a lot more with it. So, I mean, I think, you know, of the, of the three baseball and, 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 and basketball are right there. Uh, you know, NFL, NFL is just so arcane, you know, and ever everything they do, you know, they have NFL TV, you have the ability to do some streaming there. They have embraced, you know, don't forget last year, they did some stuff with Twitter mm-hmm. where you could watch Thursday Night Football on, on Twitter and not have to, yeah. you know, have a subscription to NFL Network or whatever. So, you know, they, they're all kind of teetering, um, but to go full on uh, with the way that, uh, that, the way that Vince has, um, you know, I just don't know if, especially on the NFL side, because that demographic is so much older than, than, the, than the NBA and baseball. I think that'd be a pretty huge, you know, landscape shift. I think you have to almost offer it, you know, in tandem with everything else. But with the money they're making, uh, you know, having, you know, with, with some of the rights that they're selling, I mean, ESPN's, you know, like, what, billion dollars for Monday Night Football rights? Um, you know, Jeez. I think it'd be very, very tough for them to, to pass that up and, and try, you know, try and chase the, the streaming side of things. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. I want to talk about a little bit of uh, NBA Summer League, if I can. Lonzo Ball comes out first game, five points. A little unimpressive. People were looking to jump up and down on the kid. Then he goes back second game, triple-double. What do you think about Lonzo Ball? Is he going to be the real deal? I'm rooting for him to be. I, you know, I really want him to, to succeed um, because I think it would be – I don't think it would be a, a referendum on his dad. I think it would be – in spite of his dad. And I think that anyone who doesn't like Lonzo, they, they're doing it just because of the way LeVar is always out in front of everything. I mean, it, I you know, the, the kid has a horrible game, his first game, and the, the post-game interview with his father. I mean, that, that, right. that, that'll get real tired real quick. And, but I just hope anyone who doesn't, for whatever reason, like a 19-year-old kid, um, you know, doesn't, you know, has, has their own reasons and not just because, well, his dad's annoying. Um, I, I think... You know, these, these, this, this family is going to be in front of us for a long time. It's going to, it's, it really is going to be similar to the NBA version of the Kardashians. Um, but, you know, in that, in, in, as it is, you know, Lonzo's a talented kid. Um, you know, he'll have to handle the spotlight of L.A. But, no, I am, I'm pulling for him to, uh, to be successful. I, I don't know if he's going to be. Uh, that, that, that seems kind of a mess. Um, but if, you know, say, say something happens next year and, and they get Paul George and they get some other stars, um, you know, things could turn on real quick for him. So I hope he does well. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't about to use his first summer league game as a right. I mean, you know, as, a a refer- as a referendum right. in his career, that's for sure. All right, so I heard this uh, as we're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. I, I heard this on TV the other day, and I, I wish I could remember the reporter's name, but I, it's escaping me right now. But I heard this, and he said the general consensus in the league is that LeBron James is gone after next year. Is that true? I don't know if you could say consensus, um, you because know, I mean that that really, you know, that really just indicates that almost he, you know, everyone thinks he's gone. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people who who think he's going to leave. Um, you know, Chris Broussard said the other day that he thinks there's no way LeBron leaves. So, yeah, I mean, even I've heard that. you know, so there's always going to be dissension. Um, I I don't think it's unlikely. Um, you know, Me I've been either. saying for the last couple of weeks, I think we need to go into this season not worrying about next off season and worry about them winning this season. And, um, you know, if he leaves, that's, you know, so be it. Um, because he says as long as he feels he can compete, he'll stay. So if, right. he, if this Cavaliers team is still competing, if they make it to the NBA Finals or, or, you know, even win the NBA championship again, 
you know, it'll be very hard for him to, to, to say that they're not competing. But if, if something happens and say they, you know, get bounced by Boston or, or, or just get, you make it all the way back again and get drubbed by the Warriors who continue to get better, you know, maybe he thinks he needs a change of scenery. So, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, we need to, you know, worry about it because we do have a full season here. And I, if, if we treat this like we did 2009, 2010, no one's going to enjoy it at all. That's um, true. But like I, That's like I said true. on Twitter, you know, someone's like, well, I just want to be able to enjoy this and the media won't let me. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, can't, you can't go through this whole season worrying about what everybody else is saying if you want to try and do this. Because their That's story true. and their headlines and their, and their narratives are going to you know, be much more, you know, much more widely read and shared and everything if it says LeBron going to L.A. or LeBron going to wherever. Right. And... That's just the way it is when you have the best player on the planet on your team who, who wields more power than pretty much anyone else in professional sports. And, you know, I, I don't think it's unanimous. I don't think it's consensus. I think there's an awful lot of people who see the possibility of this happening, and I'm one of them. And I think more than anything, I don't think it's decided yet. I don't think LeBron's sitting there. That could be. I don't think LeBron's sitting there in Bath right now thinking to it's himself, over, you know, dude, right. well, dude, this this next year is just going to be a waste. It's gonna, we're going to have to see what happens. And honestly, I think there's a very real possibility. And and I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, no way. But like the Cavs might f around and win an NBA championship this year. And the reason I say that is I know everyone else is 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 at this point very much hitting the panic button because it looks like the rest of the NBA is getting considerably better. I don't think the rest of the Eastern Conference has gotten considerably better. No. I'm glad you bring up Boston um, and and kind of what they have going on over there. Do you think that the addition of Gordon Hayward and you know whatever else they might do would be enough to to bump the Celtics over where the Cavaliers stand today? If if both teams are fully healthy, no. Um, you know they they I think from a matchup standpoint, they they Boston might have gotten better. Um, you know, at the top, at the top end of their top end of their roster. But as a from a matchup standpoint, I I'll be very interested to see how they play defense against this Cavaliers team. Um, as it is, you know, their 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 strength was their ability to put Avery Bradley on on um, on Kyrie Irving. And if you know, if you, you you trade him to clear the space, now you're you're really relying on Isaiah Thomas to guard Kyrie. And I just Oof. don't see how that's oh, possible. Oh yeah, that's not good for them. Um, you know, but the but the, it, it's going to all come down to health in my mind. If if both teams remain fully healthy, I think it's Cavs in five again. You know, in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but but again, you have an aging Cavs team, and you you never you never know you know what could happen. And if I you know, and as you mentioned, Matt, I mean, same could be said for Golden State. You know, they they have a lot of star power, and they got their you know they're not slowing down anytime soon. But I mean, all it takes is one or you know one or two turns of things, and and suddenly. Maybe Houston upsets them, or maybe you know. I mean, there's a lot of teams out west that can give Golden State a run as well. So, it, it, you know, it's, that's why it's worth. You know, there's only a few teams that are going to compete again, and I know some people hate that, but I think there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of things worth watching and a lot of things worth paying attention to, and one of them, you know, is Cleveland. Despite not getting, you know, dramatically better over the last couple of weeks, are still probably one of the top three or four teams in the NBA. And, and when you're in the and when you're in the East, I mean that's 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 good enough to get there. I mean, just look at you know in baseball, you make the you just get to the playoffs, and you get a, and you have a chance to to win the whole thing. And I, I think as long as they get to the NBA Finals again, 
You know, and, and it seems like oversimplification, but if as long as they get there, they have they have a chance to win it. Well, worth mentioning too that it's not. What do I want to say here? It's not like it's not like free agency. The first two weeks of free agency is the only way to add talent right. to your basketball team. Like I, I, I love how people are just like, well, dude, dude, they're adding good players on other teams, and we're done. It's over. We're screwed. If 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 Carmelo Anthony ends up being a part of the Cavaliers, dude, you have a a a a much more talented team there, and that's a very real possibility to happen midway through the NBA season. So I just feel like people just calm down. Let's enjoy ourselves. People had a hard enough time enjoying this past season. So right. I can only imagine how insufferable they're going to be, oh, be as, as we move forward. It's going to be brutal. Scott, I want to ask you this, though. Um, I heard David Griffin. Well, before we get there, actually. So all I ever hear about is how the Western Conference is that much tougher. There's more competition. More, It's tougher, tougher. There's just more, more better teams over there. Why then is this offseason are all these stars rushing to the Western Conference then? I don't know if they're rushing there. I mean, Paul George was traded there. Um, you know, uh, Daryl Morey made some deals, uh, you know, as well to, to acquire some people. I, you know, I think there was just just the way the moves kind of shook out. But, I mean, I, I saw a list, and I think it lists, like, ESPN does an NBA rank yeah. every year. And, like, top 15 players, one was LeBron, 15 was Kyrie. Two, two through 14 were all Western Conference players this year. Right. You know, so it's, I mean, it's, it's clearly where the, where the more talented, you know, teams are. I think, you know, when you're, when you're like, who's the, third, who's the third best player in the East? You know, Giannis? You know, I, you know, and I, you know, once, so once you get there, you know, it, it's, there's, there, that's, just, that's just why people are talking about the West so much. But, again, I don't think... You know, I don't think they're necessarily fleeing to go there. I just think it's just the way the, the smarter teams, you know, the, the more well-run teams, the, the Spurs, the Rockets, those kind of teams. The you know, I don't know if I want to loop Oklahoma City in with smartest, but because I mean they've right. <laughs> they've had their issues, but um, but you know, but they got they got much better. Um, you know, so it'll be you know Minnesota again. You know, they Jimmy Butler didn't run there. You know, he right. he he was he was traded there. You know, for you know from the Bulls. So, I mean, there's just a lot of guys who are just ending up that way. Um, you know, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how that all shakes out because I mean, and that's the thing too, you know, LeBron might go to LA, but is he going to go to the Lakers and then be, I mean, he, he, he changes the thing, you know, the, the whole picture dramatically, but are you going to, is he going to go to a team where he's going to have to play the Warriors seven times and going to have to play the Rockets six times and he's going to have to play, you know, the Spurs I think six he times. Might. I mean, I just don't know how I- that is easier from a competitive standpoint. And I know it's a fool's errand to try and decide, you know, what LeBron is thinking. Um, but I just, I, you, you look at that landscape, like you mentioned, all these guys are they're going to, they're going to be out there long-term, um, you know, going to, going to a, a young Lakers team might sound exciting. Um, but I just don't know how you, you give yourself a better chance to win by doing that. I understand the, he, he won't go to the Western Conference because the competition is that much harder. He's got to face Golden State and all that stuff. But it's soon, it's sooner or later, he's resolved himself to the fact he's not catching Michael on titles now. He knows that. He, like, let's, if we're all going to be realistic, he's not catching Michael on titles. And he knows it. But what will happen now is people are going to talk about how he keeps reaching the NBA Finals. Well, I mean, he's great. He makes it every year. But the problem is, man, is that these guys start leaving the East and they start going West. The narrative will not be guys are running away from the East because they're afraid of LeBron because the hatred for LeBron. So the narrative then will be LeBron doesn't play anybody all year, though, and then when he gets to the NBA Finals and has to play somebody, he loses. 
<laughs> that will be the narrative. That's how the media will spin the narrative. It won't be, oh my God, everybody's afraid to play LeBron James. That's not the way it'll be. We know that. And so I think that might be enough to make them go, you know what? I got to get the hell out of here and go to those one of those Western Conference teams and show people that I can play that and I can beat all them. I think there might be something to that. Yes, I mean, there, there very may well could be. But, you know, like I said, we, I mean, you just don't know. And, it's, and I, 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 do, I do maintain, like you said, I don't think LeBron knows what he's doing. I think, he, I think what the team looks like now could be drastically different from what the team looks like, you know, come, come this time next year. So it'll be, you know, it, and again, it's, it's much different when a 27-year-old LeBron leaves versus a 33-year-old LeBron. Right. And, you know, I, I know everyone wants this, you know, touts, you know, you're, if you're, if you, you're just sure you're shortchanging the economic impact and what it'll do to Cleveland, and, and I get that. But you know we don't own these guys. You know they don't they don't owe us anything. They you know there's you can't you can't treat it like LeBron has to stay here because sports won't get you know as many people you know eating eating dinner on it. I mean the guy's going to do what he's going to do, and he's also not going to be here forever. You know in terms of being an NBA player. I mean he's so it's, you want you obviously you want to maximize as much as you can. You want to you know have the Cavs be as good as they can for as long as they can. But we knew when this thing got put together a couple of years back that it was going to be about a four or five year run here, and I know it's you know I don't I don't think we're going to turn into pumpkins just yet. But it's I mean we're we're to, you know he came in 2014 it'll be it'll be 2018 pretty soon, and uh, you know so we we can't get you know again I don't want to say fans can't be greedy because that's what fandom is, but right. I mean you gotta you gotta look at the, the you know the whole picture when when kind of analyzing the situation. We're already pumpkins. They he couldn't sit with a 16 point lead for two minutes. We're already pumpkins. The thing's already over. We're not a great team. We have a great transformative player. At least that's just my opinion on that. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right. Google has been spying on you, and I have the info. We'll get you clued in next. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the Wake Up Auto Family, Stark County's best choice. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. I want to, uh, one more time, thank Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com for joining us as he does every uh, Monday on the program. Looking ahead at tomorrow, New Tour Tuesday. We're getting new Jay Z, new Chris Stapleton, and new Stone Sour. I'm interested to hear that new Jay Z song. I have not heard anything off that album yet, but. People are ranting and raving about how good that record is. It's just I apparently he had only made like the album available via his download service title or whatever it is, and I don't have that, and I wasn't about to sign up for it just for his album. I was like, dude, you can give your album to iHeartRadio like every other artist on the planet, and I'll listen to it then. It's inevitable. I mean, sooner or later, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to come. Yeah, when he says, you know, when he says ten million records, then he'll you know he'll pass it out. I have heard this song, at least a big chunk of this song, and it sounds pretty good. I liked it. All right. I skipped ahead of the class and I listened to the new Stone Sour. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, man. I actually streamed that whole Stone Sour record the other day. Oh my god. It is and I like Corey Taylor and I like the the first couple of Stone Sour records, but man, is this a big old swing and a miss. So hopefully Chris Stapleton will save us. Chad Kroger one. Yes. Corey Taylor zero. Yeah, scoreboard, right. dude. Scoreboard. Chad Kroger four. like seventy. <laughs> I was gonna say for sure. Yeah, total scoreboard. So a new study was done 
looking into our Google habits. And it's not great. There's a book coming out called Everybody Lies by Seth Stevens David Davidowitz. I hope I have that right. Close. All right. But he's he's writing a book called Everybody Lies. And here's what he found out from looking into people's Google searches that America is riddled with racist and selfish people. And he says that there may be a self-induced abortion crisis coming in this country. He's going to release his information on that in the weeks to come. Okay. I don't personally have that right now. But he says he was particularly interested in sexually in sexuality and online porn and what he found with these Google searches. And he claims that Google is digital truth serum. And I that's I, I guess there's some truth in that, although you gotta be careful because a guy like me has to Google all kind of stuff because of the job I have. And I'm I'm not alone in that. A bunch of people have jobs where they gotta Google weird stuff. Doctors I bet have to Google weird stuff. Cops I bet have to Google weird stuff. Well, and even even aside from that, I think that it's not always necessarily Curiosity will do it. Yeah, it's not always necessarily like that you're approving of something or that you want that in your life. You're Googling because you're curious, you're Googling because you're unaware of what it is. It and you can safely learn about it yeah. from the comfort of your own home versus going out in the world and encountering it. But he says that his study for his book, Everybody Lies, suggests that there are more gay men in the closet than we think. And I would, Im- I would imagine that that's probably true. Yeah. And he says that many men prefer overweight women to skinny women, but are afraid to act on it. And that married women overwhelmingly are worried that their husband is secretly gay. Really? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not surprised that there's closeted gay people still. I, I can understand that. Um, but married women, really, that's a, that's a big concern of theirs. Married women are worried about the fact that their husband is secretly gay. Straight women watch more lesbian porn than straight men. And porn featuring violence against women is more popular with women than it is men. I was shocked about that. I was shocked about that. I would figure, I would have just assumed, having no training in it whatsoever, that that fantasy would have been more male driven than female driven. Yeah, I, I, hard to argue with that that, that, that. that the perpetrator of the violence would be the person who found more enjoyment in that type of pornography versus like the victim of the violence. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know there are people who like that kind of stuff, and there's rape fantasies, and women like some, you know, some women like that. I just, maybe it's just what we're always sold that women aren't into that. And maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just being guilty of taking in information and trusting it. And I guess that's kind of what this study is flying in the face of is that we all kind of have these assumptions of like, well, this is what everyone else is like. And that's obviously not the case here. I'm going to throw myself under the bus right now. But I think I would probably fall under. The line, especially if you probably were to get a hold of my, my, my porn searches, but being attracted to heavier women and being afraid to act on it, probably, I probably do have a little bit of that. Yeah. I think we all, we all know what the perfect woman is supposed to look like in our, you know, right. like what we've been what sold, we've been and sold what we've, right. what we, what we kind of expect out of that. Um, and I think very rarely, very few people would be like, oh, the stereotypical perfect woman is overweight. I, I, very rarely do we the people. Think yeah, that. I'm not sure that would be the case. I, 
in my life now, not recently, as you know, I'm a grown up now, so you you act more on you know logic and those kinds of things versus like emotion. But like, there were definitely times in my life where I was probably attracted to a woman and did not act on it out of fear of what my friends might think of it. What everyone else was going to think about you there? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I understand there's dudes out there who are like into BBW porn or SSBBW porn. What, 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 I don't well, know what that one is. There's big, beautiful woman, and then there's super sized, big, beautiful woman. See, like, yeah, like, it, see, here's where porn gets weird, though. Like, a girl does four videos and she goes from teen to MILF in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's like, what? But that line of like, uh, a chick that's heavier and not even like thick, but I'll step up from that where like she has a belly, she has rolls, she has fat on her. That's like BBW. But then once you go into like morbidly obese, 350 plus 400 pounds, that's when you're getting into right, super size. Let's play this game. Gianna Michaels, BBW. Um, in my opinion, no, but in porn, she would be marked yeah, as such. She's yeah. listed a, as such. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's when you get into like, like again, said, that's an, that's what, that's a woman to me. That's there's, there's going to be those lines between like thick, like Gianna Michaels, thick, thick, Carmela Bing, same way. But then Carmela Bing got fat. Yeah. She did get fat, but that's when she moved into BBW. And then after that, if she would have continued to have gotten fat, like she would have moved into super size. There. Well, then, all right. Then I need to revise my statement. I'm in the thick end of the pool. Okay. I like that. I like that. I, I that skinny runway model thing. It's just not for me. Everybody's got their taste. It's just not for me. I, um, I, I mean, and I, I think, Plenty of people do use Google, but I I don't think in a very long time I've ever used Google for like a pornography search because I would just go to a site and be like, okay, then I'll search within there. You know what I mean? I wonder if they're just searching other things about these things. I um I I wouldn't be like, oh damn, my Google history is about to get out. If my porn history got out, then I'd be like, oh son of a bitch. But like, uh, Google, why? Just because it's sex, or are you worried about being judged over things that you find attractive in no, pornography? Just because it's sex. Just because I mean that's kind of like the welcome like, to America. I, you're supposed to feel guilty right it's not so much that i would care i would care that my like your like, girlfriend, my, girlfriend deal with my mom you know like people people like that where it's like oh son of a bitch i didn't want that to get out but like my google history it's more like stupid questions and like you know can you open a plane door while it's while it's flying through the air and like stuff like that i don't think my google history would be that bad yeah i am um, i'm not worried about my google history either again because it's it's my job. It's like, yeah, I've searched a million weird, awful, strange things. It's not necessarily that I want to be doing it. It's because sometimes I have to learn more about certain things. Randall says, I've never, ever been attracted to toothpicks. That whole afraid to act is bull. Maybe it's self-esteem issues. And I think maybe that is part of it. It's just, it's also, it's all, it's, it's judgment from society is part of, part of it. But then again, that's part of your self-esteem as well. But it's, uh, I would not have thought that women were secretly worried that their husbands were gay. I wonder what's happening. I mean, is it just like a lack of sex maybe in the relationship that's making you think that? I wonder what that's all about. I don't know what the motivation is, but I'm sure there's plenty of women out there who are validated in their fears. And, you know, as we become a more accepting, you know, culture for homosexuality, hopefully that'll continue. That'll stop being a deal. Like if you were gay, just go be gay, dude. Like don't don't marry, marry a, a woman. Don't right. you know, don't get a beard. That. Right. Don't don't do that. Just go be gay and be happy about it. Turns out, America, we're getting more military. I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruitcakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. It's nine. 
Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. And again, looking ahead at tomorrow, New Tour Tuesday, you're getting new Jay-Z, new Chris Stapleton, new Stone Sour. All part of that tomorrow. I can't wait to hear that, Jay-Z. I haven't heard anything off that album yet. I think you'll be uh, pleased with it. Most of what he's done throughout his career, although album cuts, he has put stuff like a lot of his singles I haven't liked, but like a lot of the album stuff I have. Although that was a little earlier on in his career as well. But I am a Jay-Z fan, so I'm interested to hear that. I like Chris Stapleton a lot too. Broken Halo is the name of that. I'm actually going to his show in August. So I'm excited to hear that. Is that Blossom number up there? I believe it is, yeah. There you go. I believe it is. I have to go to the Lady Annabellum show here, too. In like, I think a week. What's uh, a week what's, and a half? What's, I don't know. My friend Jessica wanted to go, and she was like, um, we should go see Lady Annabellum. And I was like, mm. for some reason, I have to go with her. I don't know why. I was going to say, does she have someone else that you can do? I, I know. I don't know why. She's like, we haven't hung out in forever. Let's go do something. Let's go do something means take me to go see something yeah. I, want. I want. Yeah, I, uh, I don't care about Lady Annabellum at all, but it'll be a good night out, I suppose. Coming up in 2019, there is a proposed mission, I guess we can call it, to send combat forces into space to protect us from potential Star Wars. The crew to get the job done will be the United States Space Corps. The Congressional Committee is proposing that the U.S. Armed Forces add a new military branch that would quite literally send soldiers out of this world. The crew of the real-life Buzz Lightyear is described... <laughs> it's just going to be filled with those. Like, yeah, ah, they're going out of this world. This okay. is out of... Yeah, right. exactly. Right. The crew of the real-life Buzz Lightyear <laughs> is described in the National Defense uh, Authorization Act which is now headed to the the, the full uh, the full house for a vote. Sorry. The House Armed Services Committee voted 60 to 1 in favor of a bill that would among many other things create the first new branch of the armed forces since the Air Force's founding in 1947. I didn't know that. Among their duties It would be providing combat-ready space forces that enable the commanders of the combatant commands to fight and win wars. The Space Corps would fall under the Air Force in the same way the Marine Corps does the Navy. The Chief of Staff of the Space Corps, a presidential appointee with a six-year term, would be on equal footing with the Air Force's Chief of Staff. Both would report to the Secretary of the Air Force. Now, they do say there's one problem. Neither the Air Force's secretary nor its chief of staff are thrilled with separating America's own into guardians of the galaxy. Jeez. From the rest Just won't of, stop with them. From, from the rest of the Air Forces. No, they're all over the place. Now, this sounds absurd, but this is... Well, it's the next frontier. <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> no, but like, this is going to be the next thing, right? And we want to be first. Oh, yeah. I mean, to deny that this is the way that things are going, I just, 
I think when you start throwing around like we're gonna start throwing uh, you know space soldiers up there, it's not like it's not like it's not like we're gonna go into fighting wars out in space. Um, but as far as you know, uh, protecting American interests and uh, I mean things like satellites and like yeah, I don't want you, Russia up there first. You, you, yes, I will agree with you one hundred percent. We should beat the Russians up there. I will agree one hundred percent. Like last time, yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, this is this is the next this is the next thing. I'm all for this. I can't believe we're not already doing this. But what you're gonna get into is like, yeah, I'm all for it. But this is going to be astronomically expensive. This isn't going to be like, ah, well, dude, you know, we can just do this and it's not going to be. This is going to cost a ton of money. I agree. But what's the cost of not doing it? If if, I mean, if you end up third in this, there's cost in that, right? And isn't that what America does? Like we spend the money to make sure that we're we're safe. I mean, that's kind of who we are. I, I I will I will say I will agree with you that there should be a priority. It's just I think it's going to be a very tough thing, especially for people who are fiscally conservative. That like this is where the money should be spent. Yeah, but the fiscal conservatives like spending money on the military because it polls well, does well. I um I'm all for it. I, I you want to be first at this. You you don't want to be playing catch up with this kind of stuff. Cause then you get your ass kicked in space, and we can't have it. I, uh, when I first read this story, I was like, "Dude, this is BS. This is fake. This is fake news. This is like the definition of it." But it's not. I mean, this is all very real. I was skeptical of it as soon as I read. It. I'm like, "Ah, it can't be real." No, this is this is real deal here. I'm all for it. You do know lightsabers are not going to be a part of this, right? No, you don't know that. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, dude, and goddamn, you know what? And honestly, if, if imagine that if President Trump wants to guarantee a second uh, term of 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 his lightsabers you know, tenure, for all lightsaber, if, if if the U.S. military invents a lightsaber, I guarantee you, President Trump, another four years after that, you know, we we made it almost the whole way show, almost all the way through the show without mentioning his name, and. I've been accused again this morning of avoiding a Trump story because his supporters think it makes him look really positive. All right. And I've been accused of not talking about it because you won't mention anything that he does that's good, which is false. If you go back and listen to the podcast, that's false. But have you seen this thing now where there was a soldier's windblown hat and he like picks it up off the ground and like put it back on the guy's head? That's awesome. It's great. It That's is. That's awesome. That is. But one of the reasons I didn't talk about it was is that because of what's happened with the photo already. Because it's turned into Trump doing that and then Obama standing there while one of the soldiers puts like an umbrella over Obama's head while he's giving his speech, which is that guy's job at that time, by the way. Like, you can't make it, this is this is good, and this was all, you can't take eight years in one photo and go, this was all bad. Yeah, and dude, a very, you know, a very nice thing to do. And yeah, I like, thought that was cool of Trump. I in, did. I in, thought it was cool. In moments of, of life like that, you know, yes, dude, President Trump is still a human being. Right. And a human being minding their manners, yes, I will always be like, great for you, good job, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to take like time out of my day to like celebrate that I, well, I I would also say that and this is on him not me but the guy's done a good job at ruffling a lot of feathers and so I think people now have to like look for the thing where he's nice 
You know what I mean? And if you have to look for the thing, I'm not sure it's. Yeah, it's not, it, it, it doesn't have the same panache at that point. It, it it's it's I, I mean it's great and it's no it's not great. It's it did manners. show respect. Yeah. It showed manners. It showed some respect for somebody serving. I liked it. I really did. I liked it. But then I was like, it's the president has manners. <laughs> right. Right. That's why I didn't mention it. It wasn't the fact that I'm unwilling to mention something where Trump did something nice. It's just, I feel like at that point, I'm just literally trying to placate you at that point. Like, oh, well, he was nice to somebody. Film at 11. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it, it felt like I was placating the Trumpers. I was at a restaurant yesterday morning, and there was an old lady, and she was getting out of her booth, and she dropped her walker. Like, her walker fell over. The lady in the booth next to her stood up. Picked up her walker and said, like, oh, there you go, ma'am. It was nice. It very much was. But I didn't, like, stop everybody in the middle of Bob Evans and be like, yo, did you just see this lady? She picked up her walker. Because people are like, yeah, nobody cares. Like, that's manners. Like, that's what you do. Welcome to being nice. Be a decent person. Bradley wants to know, what kind of weapons would you fight with in space? Yeah. What weapon would be useful in space? Well, I mean, guys, they're going to create something, right? That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to be like soldiers up there in spacesuits shooting at Russians or anything like that at any point. It's just going to be well, like... Well, let's not say at any point. I oh. don't say it. Not the first year. Yes. But, you know what I mean? No matter where you put human beings, they will find the way to kill one another. No, no matter where you put them, they will find a way to kill one another. And we have to... I don't know. I want to be on the forefront of that. I don't want to rush up there first. Writing things in the pencil all over again. That's the last thing we need. <laughs> We're going to have a Space Wars program. I want it written in pen. That's America. That's how we do it. We write in pen. A disease we've had forever is getting stronger, and it's gross. And you people got to start wearing condoms. I'll explain next. Hang on. Six, nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Missed anything from this morning? You can podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. It'll be available at WRQK.com. Something really terrifying is happening, is going on in Britain right now. All right. And I'm worried it's going to head here because, of course, it will. And Britain's having problems right now with gonorrhea. Apparently... The STD is becoming untreatable. Apparently, the STD, gonorrhea, is so good at fighting off antibiotics, treatment of gonorrhea usually will involve a combination of two different drugs. But the what they're calling now super gonorrhea is becoming resistant to one of the two drugs and doctors worry that it's going to do it to the second. And of course it would, this is a lot what people worry about with hand sanitizer. The more you use it, the more, you know what I mean? It creates other things because, you know, viruses learn to live, you know what I mean? And um, you have it, you know, an evolutionary process there. And so of course this is going to happen. And of course that these, you know, these diseases will then end up learning how to combat the things you, you use to treat them. Just start wearing condoms, you freaks. What's the matter with you people? Um, is this a situation where condoms aren't necessarily going to be enough to stop that? I mean, I wonder. I, and, and I wonder if this is an oral sex issue as well. Oh, I didn't even think of that. 
Which, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, if you're going to be responsible about it, you need to be wearing a condom during oral sex if, if, if you're really getting down to it. Oh, God. Right? I mean, there, there's certainly plenty of, 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 of viruses and, and things you can catch via oral sex. I mean, it's not like, you, it's not like a right. chick, if a chick has mouth herpes, it's not like you don't have genital herpes after that. Right. So, uh, I mean, that's really, I think, what it boils down to is, is we're all going to have to start wearing condoms more often. The public health um, division of England as, says they've only had limited success in tracking down sexual partners of those diagnosed with super gonorrhea. Um, and I would imagine a lot of times people just don't want to hear the information um, or they won't come out of the woodwork to tell you that they slept with somebody who they know does. Or might not necessarily have that information. If you're a person who's engaging in a risky sexual behavior, you might not necessarily know that person that you slept with two weeks ago on like a very, you know, on a personal basis. Yeah, that's fair too. A lot of people just have sex with people they don't even know, right? And I think that's you know, I, you know, a big part of the problem there is is that there are there are people who are going to live very risky sexual lifestyles, and it would be great if those people just slept with each other. And it was like, well, you know, if you want to be out there, you know, banging everyone without a condom, but you don't know who those people are and you don't know what their sexual history no. has been. So, you don't know what anybody's so, sexual so some, history is. So some chick that you met, you know, at the bar and you're like, oh, this is great. Everything's going, you know, fine. You don't know if she got gang banged last week. You well, know? not only that, like, you're also relying on people's memory to remember everyone they slept with. Like... I, I I don't know if well I bet most people could but I I know I I know for sure I know people who don't know everybody that they've slept with like I remember I was just having a conversation on a golf course a couple of weeks ago about this and a buddy of mine was like I sleep with her what about her I can't remember wait did that happen I mean you're relying on people's memories there at that point if you're a single person and you're out there having sex with people you know saying like oh 25 partners that sounds like so many. But if you're having sex and you're single and you've been, you know, out there dating for 10, 15, 20 years and you're having sex with like 20 no, is not a lot at all. Yeah. And you're having sex with two, three people a year, which is probably about average. I mean, that's you about know, right. I think there's some people who, 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 who are pulling down, you know, 20 partners a year, but most people probably two, three partners a year. And those numbers add up. It's not like they fall off after seven years. It's not like it was 20 in a year. Yeah. Right. They're not speeding tickets. Right. You know, like three years, like those yeah, four, those four whores from college don't count. No. They that's not the that's not the way it works at all. They say here that this started the super gonorrhea thing started in the heterosexual community, but it is now affecting gay men as well. And they say gonorrhea in super gonorrhea spreads by unprotected sex, but can also pass from mother to child in utero. There, I, I guess not funny is not the right term there, but it's almost funny that like. 30 years ago, it was the gays giving us AIDS, AIDS, and it was super AIDS, and now there's like this, you know, I mean, at least AIDS isn't the death sentence that it once was. I'm try- not trying to be like, oh, dude, you have HIV? That's fine. But No, dude, if you're Magic Johnson and own a bunch of movie theaters, you'll be fine. But there's, you know, there's a lot of progress being made. Where yeah, 30, there is. Where 30 years ago, it was like, oh, gonorrhea, whatever, take three pills, you know, you'll be back to banging in the morning, and now it's like, no, it's the heteros giving us this super gonorrhea that nobody can take care of. Yeah, we've of. gone full circle now. We really have is AIDS medication still extremely complicated the way it once was like it used to be like 12 pills at certain regimen and, and it was times of the day was important like I, I think AIDS and I, I think HIV medications have gotten a lot better I think HIV medications oh AIDS the proper yeah. is I, I'm sure they are separate 
a yeah. lot of times in America we use the same term for both, but they are a separate thing. Yeah, I think HIV is a much more manageable disease now. I think once you get into full, full-blown AIDS territory, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I Honestly, I, I don't know. Well, obviously, I know people who are HIV positive. They might just not know that they are HIV positive. I've, I've never known anybody in my life who has come out and said, yes, this has happened to me on a personal level, obviously like magic and like celebrities and like, but I've never known anybody in my life that had it. I worked with a guy at a restaurant who was HIV positive and they freak out. Um, no, not in particularly. It's not like I was making out with him or like right. doing it with him or anything like that. Um, but I guess once I kind of knew that, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I looked at him any differently. I don't think it was like... I mean, initially, it'd almost be hard not to. I yeah. mean, if, if a month in, you're still harboring ill will or weird feelings about it, that's kind of on you. But like the first time somebody tells you some shocking information, right. I don't think it makes you a terrible person if you're like, uh, that's kind of weird. I don't know if that makes you awful. I remember when I was doing Afternoons. There was another guy who was doing afternoons at a separate radio station in my same building who had went on the air and said that if he had found out that a waiter in a restaurant was HIV positive, he would never go back there ever again. And that became like a huge firestorm for him because people freaked out. Well, I mean, I, I roll my eyes a little bit there of, I, I, I don't know what you think is happening. It's the same guy that looks up in the sky and thinks that 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 the, that the exhaust from airplanes is like chemical oh, trails, chem though. Okay. Yeah, it's also, okay. it, dude, it's All the, right. it's the chemtrail right. mullet dude who thinks like HIV is going to be passed from the burrito to his plate. And he, he, here's, here's the thing. If you're really that concerned about it, you better stop eating out, bro. You know what I mean? Like, if you're that concerned about it, I would never let that guy touch my food again. Oh, you, dude. What do you, you think you think everybody that works at a fast food joint, you think everybody that works at a restaurant has been tested? Of course Nowhere they haven't, near dude. That. Come on. Nowhere near there. Plus, the, some people are just messing with your food just to mess with your food because they hate their station in life. I mean, dude, I'm telling you right now that drug abuse runs rampant through restaurants. There's no question oh, about God, it. Oh, God, yeah. And if you don't think that at some point you've had uh, somebody who's injected drugs before serve you food, dude, you're crazy. And what's more concerning about the waiter is the dude in the back. You know, the cook in the back. That, man, come yeah. on, guy. You know, like I said, man, he looks in the sky and thinks he sees, he's, he thinks he sees chemtrails. Okay. So, uh. you know, that gives you a little insight on who, on who that was there from the big one. We'll be right back to close out the program. That happens next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, nearing the end of it. If you missed anything, you can podcast at WRQK.com. You can check out Scott from WinningForNextYear.com on loan to us at 8 o'clock. I want to skip through the first two minutes of that as we spent it on last night's pay-per-view from the WWE, which he and Phantom were all excited about. I didn't know they were just doing more and more pay-per-views. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's a, um, what do I want to say? It's like every three weeks now at this point. Uh, God, and it is worth having the network then. They're good, man. And you can dislike wrestling all you want to, but they know that, like... You got to give people something to something to watch. If you want your eyes, if you want their eyes on your product, dude, you got to keep giving them new stuff. Also, charging people money makes it seem like it's important. Yeah, yeah. You know, Urgent. I was um, I was talking to my buddy, who is well, his company's called his last name Specialties. So he kind of does a little bit of everything. It's like a home remodel type guy, right? All right. And he was telling me the story where he was going to. 
charged this woman to like, I don't know, remove like this tree or whatever from her backyard and like ground the stump up or whatever. And he was going to charge her 800 bucks. Okay. And then she called like one of like the tree companies and they charged her $3,000. Wow. She went with them because she felt like his price was too good to be true. Okay. So because the well, if it costs more money, then they got to be better. And I told him, I was like, Josh, maybe what you need to do then there, dude, is maybe raise your prices a little. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why there'd be a little bit of like skepticism on her half there of like, well. That's the American people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you've been hustled so many times and once you've seen so many, you know, horror stories of contractors that come in, start remodeling your kitchen and then leave two weeks later with, you know, with your money and with with nothing done. Done. I can I can understand why she'd be a little bit like yeah I think that's part more, of what it was and go with I don't want to say more reputable but like a bigger business something that you've heard that. of yeah and and that is you know part of who we are as people you know what I mean and I'll tell you where that where that can really get tricky is restaurants you drive past like a like a mom and pop restaurant maybe doesn't have the best sign out in front you can still go in there and the food might be amazing you go to a chain restaurant and it's like eh, that was just okay you yeah, know what I mean but I mean that's why people keep going back to Applebee's you know what I Tried mean and true. true they know what they're getting they know they know what uh what what it is a lot of times when i travel i'll stick to chains because you just don't know you don't know what the like the, the hot things are now the internet's kind of helped that because you can kind of go online and be like oh i wonder what's really good and like you know that kind of stuff you can find all that but before that it was like well you know what we're in a new town we don't know anything where's the chain that i know so it's uh you're right about that with the wwe it's like charging a little bit of money makes people go oh well i i bet i want to see that then Speaking of things I want to see, I guess HBO premiered it last night. was the first episode of the Deviant Ones, mm-hmm. which is all about Jimmy Iovine and Tom Petty and Jay Z and like all that stuff with Interscope. And I cannot wait to watch that Jimmy Iovine. And I know a lot of people, especially tomorrow when we're doing New Tour Tuesday, bitch about music producers. But Jimmy Iovine is one of the best music producers ever. The guy's just an absolute fantastic genius and i cannot wait to watch that so that's probably what i'm going to spend my afternoon doing you got big plans no i got nothing going on this afternoon nap nap city eh, we'll figure something out i'm gonna be sure. a little rainy yeah that's what i i was gonna say you're gonna go out there and hit the, hit no. the no button no honestly man i can barely lift my arms <laughs> dude i hit two buckets yesterday then we played like 22 holes like honestly like i can barely like I, w- I i was in the shower this morning and like washing my hair hurts i was like man i can't even get my arms up over my head i'm so old and brittled and just in bad bad shape yeah take a break dude yeah, no, I'm taking a break today. Probably tomorrow, too. Going to, uh, you know, just give it a few days and just ease back into it. So aside from that, we are done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, it's Stansberry for the Wakeham Auto Family. I bought my Honda Accord from Wakeham, and they made the transaction hassle-free. And right now, Wakeham.com has expanded their pre-owned selection to over 400 vehicles. That's right, over 400. So the selection's fantastic. Like the 2012 Ford Escape with just 59,000 miles, a clean history, and a sunroof for the summer season. It's also got Bluetooth.